Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's episode, we're joined by three members of District Track Club, the professional running group based in Washington, D.C. and Northern Virginia. Willie Fink is a 1317 5K runner and a graduate of Eastern Michigan University, and Jacob Dumford is a 359 miler and graduate of Notre Dame. And they brought along their coach, Tom Brumlick, as well. The idea for this podcast came about when Willie recently pointed out on social media that there is an impressive crop of elite milers from the state of Ohio, with 10 active runners who'd run under four minutes in the mile. All three of these guys have deep Ohio roots and strong Ohio pride, so of course we got right into discussing why the state may or may not be the mile state. In addition to a strong debate on Ohio's mile prowess, we covered which Midwest stereotypes are right and which ones are wrong, and a whole list of other things, including training during COVID and Jacob running 4 flat point zero zero. We recorded this episode remotely from four different locations, so the audio is a little fuzzy at parts, but overall it turned out fine. Hope you enjoy the episode, and until next time, this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melling, um, and we have a remote virtual podcast this week. Uh, we're joining from uh, across the East Coast. Um, I'm here with three members of District Track Club, uh, Willie Fink, Tom, I apologize in advance, Brumlick, is that correct? Yep, you got it. <laughs> All right, and uh, Jacob Dumford. So. Uh, these guys are joining us. Are you guys all in DC right now? No, uh, I'm in Blacksburg, Virginia right now. Oh, nice. Me and Tom are in the DC area. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How far is Blacksburg from DC? I'm, I'm very, I don't know my Virginia geography well. Yeah, it's pretty far. It's like four hours. Um, so yeah. Do you come into, to the city for like workouts and stuff? Or are you there just full time? I'm in Blacksburg full time. Uh, I work at a running store, so uh, just kind of training remotely uh, with district for now, at least. Nice. That's good. How are how are practices going in DC, guys? The the, the district track club locals, I guess. <laughs> we we are uh, uh, not quite started up yet. Um, a couple of our athletes are meeting. Uh, I'm meeting with a few. I think four uh right now um and then we'll get like really going in november um with our full uh 15 or so your so your do you coach directly like specific groups you guys all just work together as a coaching staff for for everybody it's mostly like a, a middle distance group right yeah willie is uh willie is the oddball um distance runner um and then the rest of the group i guess jacob's the other uh, somewhat oddball as well. Um, the majority of the group is 800 meters. Um, and then Jacob, uh, is 1500 meter runner. And then Willie runs, uh, you know, distance races. So, and, and could obviously run a great 1500 as well. Um, but yeah, uh, mostly middle distance. Um, I, I coach the 800 meter runners in addition to Jacob and then, um, coach Centrowitz is kind of our, our team director. He's actually up in New York. Um, we started the group together and, uh, he's been kind of overseeing things, uh, with me um from up there so a little bit spread out but uh but yeah that's kind of how the kind of how it breaks down 
So, J- so Jacob, do you do a lot of stuff on your own, or do you just start getting your your ass kicked in sprint intervals by the eight hundred meter runners every day? Uh, <laughs> Tom's Tom actually does a really really good job of like combining workouts and like writing us workouts that make sense for um, me to do with like for my first year here, pretty much the whole year was just me, Edos and Quamel. And so it's me training with two 145 guys. And so we would go and we would do like some of the longer reps at the beginning of the workout together. Like we'd do some 800s or 1200s or something. And then we'd go onto the track and maybe I would do one extra of the longer reps. And then I would do some like 400s on the track versus them doing one less of the longer reps and then doing like 200s or something faster. So usually we'd be together for like the first part of the workout and then break up kind of toward the end. Um, Once we get into like the racing season, we break apart a little bit more, but I would say for all of the fall and winter and even a good part of the spring, we're doing at least most of the workout together. And then uh, every once in a while, Tom will throw me in something really fast and I'll just get (laughs) dropped by Edos. Well, put them on blast. How much do they complain when, uh, whenever they have to run a tempo? <laughs> oh, quite a lot. Edos, actually, it's not even tempos. It's just anytime he has to step foot on grass, he uh, <laughs> he refuses to do any sort of. Well, he begrudgingly does anything that's on grass. And, well, and the jogging rest. Anytime uh, Jacob uh, is in the workout, and we we jog a lot of our rest. Anytime Jacob's involved in that, they uh, they're not a fan. Yeah, it's kind of jogging seven minute pace versus like 10 minute pace. I will say I'm a distance guy, but I'm actually on their side on that one. I I have only very begrudgingly uh, adopted the the jogging rest as I have moved up in distance. But we were we didn't do a lot of jog rest in college. And so I'm very I I, I like standing around just being still in between intervals, which drives some of my marathon buddies crazy. But that's like definitely makes a difference. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, and I think also it's like, like you said, like it definitely, everyone has a lot of opinions about what counts as jogging. Cause you can go real slow if you really put your mind to it. <laughs> so do you, so Willie, so are you mostly training solo right now? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I, especially with COVID and everything, pretty much everything's by myself. Uh, every once in a while, I'll jump in and work out with some of the Virginia Tech guys. Um, but yeah, especially this year has been a lot by myself. Yeah. Yeah. How's that been going for you guys? How, how is, uh, have you lost your minds yet? I guess is the, the short way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did, a, we did a pretty good job of managing this year. Like, um, we put together a lot of time trials this summer just to give ourselves something to like train for something to like compete a little bit. So obviously it was frustrating and like traveling for races was challenging to say the least, but uh, I think we made it work for the most part. Yeah. You guys, did you guys do those, those Tennessee races? Jacob, you did, right? Yeah. So we uh, pretty much our whole, well, not our whole group, but like a good chunk of us went down and raced uh, in Nashville. And then since Memphis was the next weekend, we had a handful of us just stay in Tennessee uh, at like Airbnbs for the week and then go race Memphis the the following weekend. Really just did Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird time for sure. Although I, so I was doing my little research before the podcast 
so 2020 has not been kind to pretty much anyone, but, but Jacob, didn't you broke four for the first time this year, right? I, yeah, I did. I've been, uh, I've been sitting on that four flat point zero zero PR for, I was about to ask, I'm sure you've answered this question many times, but how was it? How did that feel to run four flat on the dot? I honestly thought like Tom will say like, we, we both thought it was hilarious. Like Tom, Tom tells me that that was like the last time he really like laughed out loud. Our school record holder in the mile in college, not anymore, but uh, a couple of years back was four flat point zero zero. And they got the printout of the FAT results and they had him at 359.998. And so he counts that <laughs> as breaking no, force. Can't, can't count it. Can't count it. Yeah, it was briefly on our um, school record board down to the thousandth, but uh, again, yeah. a couple of years behind <laughs> and broke it. So it's not up there anymore. Um, but so you're, so Tom, you're at American, right? Uh, so I started at American. Started um, American. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, moved here in 2013. Um, and I was, I got my master's there and was coaching there. That's how I met coach Centrowitz. And then we started the group in, uh, 2016. Um, right, so, but yeah, so, I've been at AU since 2016. All right. Well, so you're, you're not coaching any collegians right now, correct? Nope. Uh, I coach, uh, actually coach high school, uh, in the area I was coaching Ooh. at, uh, Yorktown, um, where, where actually Jacob took over for me. Um, we were coaching together. Um, I was coaching there for, Two years, and then um, now I'm coaching at Episcopal High School, which is where our uh, where our team trains. So it's our 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 kind of home facility. Um, so I, I moved there to just kind of keep building a relationship over there. Um, and then Jacob's at Yorktown High School. So a lot of our a lot of our athletes are are coaches in the area. How how are the the kids adapting to the COVID world? So so at Episcopal, we are uh, training full time in masks. Like the, the kids are. Um, We've been back for three weeks at the boarding school. So they're like in a bubble. Uh, they can't leave. Um, if they, you know, go on a college visit, they got to quarantine for, for two weeks. So, um, so yeah, they're being really safe about it. Um, the kids are running in masks, which is definitely unique. So they're not doing a lot of, you know, real training, which has not been a bad thing because we've been able to kind of focus on the fundamentals and get them to learn the drills and just get them to kind of be, um, you know, do, doing all the little things and the, and the team building stuff. Um, so Good and bad. Um, could could be worse for sure. How about the Yorktown kids? We we just got back to doing a little bit of training. We're we're only seeing each other like twice a week right now. Um, I'm actually primarily the sprints coach at Yorktown because three years ago they needed a sprints coach, and okay. I said, well, I've never coached sprints before, but I probably know about as much as like whoever else they would get for the job. <laughs> and I I'd been on with cross country, and uh, I wanted to stay on with the school, and so. I, uh, over the past, like two, three years have like developed my ability to coach sprints. Um, and so we're, we're doing some stuff with the sprinters. The distance runners are mostly just running on their own because we have so many restrictions like masks at practice and stuff like that. So I said, just go get your runs in on your own. Um, and so that's pretty much what we're doing there. How I had, I, I had a high school coach that was a distance runner coaching sprinters. So I, I can't imagine that that must be a whole new world to you <laughs> in terms of uh, the kinds of workouts they do. I feel like even being in the sport as long as I have, I kind of don't even really know 
yeah it's definitely it's definitely different but what is what's good is that um like through my like uh district track club like time we we do like a decent amount of sprinting like um I have kind of alongside with Tom like learned stuff like wickets like learning things about like sprint mechanics and stuff like that and so I'm an expert on writing sprint workouts absolutely not but like I have learned a lot in terms of like sprint mechanics how to like teach kids to like just like put force into the ground so like for example I I inherited a kid who you could tell like he had strength like kid could squat way more than I can but like when he ran it was just like spinning wheels and going nowhere and over the course of like working with him for two years I was able to like actually work with him to get him to like actually just like put decent force into the ground and so it's a bummer because he like missed out on uh his like outdoor senior year or whatever but I when I first got him he was probably running like a 29 second 200 and then by the end of his senior year he probably could have run like 22 if we had actually gotten into races so I feel like the one thing I have stolen shamelessly from sprinters is that I am I've had hamstring issues over the years and I'm the number one believer in wearing long tights in when it's it's like if it's 50 degrees or below I'm like long tights all the time like always got to keep the the legs warm that is that's something that I think many distance runners could uh could take a page out of the sprinters book for that one yeah, definitely. Um, sprinters and Kenyans do that. Kenyans are also, yeah. uh, <laughs> always in sweats. Uh, so the, I will say, um, the number one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, once I, once I got the idea for this podcast is that Willie started talking a lot of shit about uh, Ohio's miling uh, prowess yeah, on Instagram this week. So, so let's start there. How did, how did you, re- I guess, come up with this idea uh that like oh ohio has the best milers right now um so just talking a lot of sauce with some friends uh specifically like vince chiotti uh he's from maryland so he has he he always talks about like centros from maryland um and a few other virginia tech guys are and so like they were like oh maryland's the best and i was like no Ohio is dope and I will show you. And uh, I actually didn't expect it to be 10 guys currently running who broke four, but that's what it is. And I don't think there's any other state that can say that. I don't know for sure. I haven't actually looked. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably up there. Like I'm thinking, cause I think a lot of the folks that are Colorado or Oregon based right now are, didn't, didn't grow up there, you know? Um, so it's probably maybe uh, even California, like they have, they have the population advantage, but I can't think of that many Californian pros right now. Although I will say I was, I was thinking about it and I was of course thinking about how can Massachusetts, um, you know, assert our superiority. And, uh, we of course have Johnny Gregoric, uh, 349 miler. So you guys might have the depth, but we have the top tier talent, Although yeah, he is. Frankel, right behind him though, three fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, who came out on top? That's the real. Uh, that's the real question. <laughs> so, did you guys grow up? Because right, I, I mean, all of these guys are you know a couple of years apart, but all about the same age. Like, did you guys grow up racing? You know, all of you racing each other. Um, in, you know, for a decade at this point. 
so most of the guys on that list are younger than me. Um, so I was, I didn't really race. Like I've raced, I raced in high school. I raced Jacob like two or three times in like random Not cross much. country races. Uh, I don't think we ever raced on the track, right? People no, chase. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
in high school? Four, four, yeah, four eleven. Oh, uh, I take that uh, back. <laughs> one fifty four guy, but not yeah, not three thirty uh, three thirty six or whatever he's running post player at uh, NCAA level. Well, that's like um, this is jumping states, but uh, Brazier, right? He ran like four oh six or something like that in high school, and like now is you know always always talks about how he's never run a run over an hour and shit like that. And you're like, okay, but you could still run the mile if you wanted to. But uh, so, so I guess uh, for the, for the uneducated, like myself, what is the, so A, I guess, are you guys from the same different parts of Ohio and B, what is the, the Ohio state system for, for dividing up the, the regions and the schools and stuff? (laughs) Uh, So I'm from Northwest Ohio, uh, Toledo area. Um, And so for track at least, um, and this might've changed, I don't know, it's been a few years since I was in high school. There was like uh, districts, then regionals and states. um, And district was pretty small um, as, I mean, I don't know how many districts there were, I guess if any, if Jacob or Tom knows that, they could probably give. I think there were like four districts in most of the regions, and then there were four regions to get to the state meet. It was pretty much just at every stage, just get top four and you go. Got it. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Yeah, it was really yeah. simple. No time standards, no nothing. Yeah, we had like the craziest thing we had was we had two. We had a essentially a big school and a small school state championship so, so there were kids and that was just in cross country but but it was very misleading because unlike many other states massachusetts had did not have one unified state championship for for cross which was confusing for a lot of people <laughs> yeah so so where are you guys from tom and jacob tom so, so yeah i'll start i guess uh so so yeah i uh I'm from Illinois originally, and then I went to uh, college out in Columbus and um, sa- the same town that, that Jacob grew up in. So I started coaching at Jacob's high school uh, the year before he got there. So I was there for five years before I went to uh, D.C. So that's the connection of how I know Jacob. So I coached Jacob all four years of high school. Um, and that's kind of answered his question. Uh, so West, Westerville, Ohio. Uh, so it's actually just to throw out some uh, more Ohio uh, greatness. Uh, it's Bob Kennedy's high school. So Jacob does uh, not have the uh, Jacob does not have the high school mile record at uh, high school. <laughs> that's a that's a big yeah big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, so are you? So you're a you're an Illinois transplant. So really, we should be we should just kick you off the podcast right now. I know. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> People, people think I'm from Ohio for some reason, though. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. But Do you um, have Ohio yeah. loyalty still or are you as, as just having lived there for a while? Or are you still like Illinois through and through? Like... No, I, I, I honestly, uh, it's weird. I, I, w- I became a Bengals fan in middle school. Uh, so that's probably all, all the other reasons <laughs> people think I'm uh, from Ohio, uh, weirdly enough. But, uh, but yeah, for some reason, I, Ohio feels more like home to me. So I go, I go there more than I probably go to uh, Illinois. And then, yeah, just, just, um, that's kind of where I, uh, fell in love with track. So, um, so, yeah, no, I know a lot more the history of Ohio than I would, would Illinois. So you're, you're a Columbus boy, Jacob. Yeah. Columbus suburbs. Nice. Yeah. I, I was looking up. So of course, in my very detailed research for this podcast, I was looking up, uh, Ohio stereotypes to ask you guys about, 
was like, oh, what are all the stereotypes of Ohio? And, and one of them that, that Willie has already broken is that everyone says they're from one of the big C cities, even if uh, even if they're from hours away. But but Willie's a Toledo loyalist, apparently. <laughs> yeah, one of the few. Yeah, I I will say so. So speaking of racing in Ohio, I have. I have only really driven through Ohio with one exception, which is that I did, I raced my college 3K PR was at the Spire in, uh, I don't even know where, in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in Ohio. Um, and for those, the, the listeners who may not know, the Spire is this 300 meter track that I think was developed as like an, like an Olympic development center, basically. But it's this enormous, beautiful facility that is, near nothing else <laughs> and it's just kind of like plopped down in the middle of god knows where um not no offense to to anybody from that area but uh i felt like that was especially for me like coming from the east coast and everything i was like i i felt like that was about as about as rural as it got for uh, my experiences to that point yeah i mean i would say come even coming from where i'm from when i raced at Spire once or twice. It, I thought it was in the middle of nowhere. Um, granted, we would usually drive up there like late at night, get in, stay at the hotel, go to the meet, and then leave. Um, but in, speaking of Spire, I'll make another like unresearched claim that I think <laughs> that Ohio may have more 300 meter indoor tracks than any other state in the country. I think there's like, I honestly think there's probably 10. Really? It's, it's all it's all Northeast Ohio. Youngstown State, Akron, Kent State, uh, Spire. Um, I might be missing some, but yeah. Akron all, has all a 300 meter track and they're trying to get rid of their track team still? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> Logic. Yeah. Jeez, that's because I, that was the, that's the first and only time I'd race on a 300 meter track. And I remember it just feeling very confusing um, and cold. <laughs> it was so big. <laughs> 3Ks are pretty easy on him, though. Yeah, that was good because it was just like, all right, ten laps. That's that's pretty yeah. logical. Um, but I just, yeah, I remember being very, uh, being very cold because it was so big, and all the sprinters complaining that the, that like they had the temperature set too low. But mm -hmm. it was it was a very uh, very unique experience, I guess, because we're of course we got. So did you guys? You guys race i imagine on indoor tracks like nice indoor tracks most of high school as a result right or did you have the the, the wood panel like marked out of the gym 100 yard track so indoor is not actually like an official high school sport in ohio so like oh, really? i don't know exactly what willie's experience was but they've got, they've got 10 300 meter tracks but no indoor track yeah not officially like i would say i raced like I don't know. I would go, we Tom would like drive me to meets like two or three times a year. Um, and there's like an unofficial state championships, but like, it's nothing like legit. So I don't know, like I, if Willie told me he didn't race a single like indoor meet in his high school career, I would believe him. I wouldn't be that surprised. That's what all the California kids do. That's, they're like, they've never seen an indoor track before they came out East for college. It's, it's also, it's also crazy different than the East coast of what I've learned is uh in ohio if you're a 430 miler uh indoors you're like oh man that kid's 
going to run 412 outdoors. And <laughs> on, on the East Coast, if you run 430 indoors, you're like, no, eh, that guy might run 415 outdoors, but he'll probably run like 435. Because I don't know, I don't know what it is, but uh, East Coast, like on the East Coast, indoor is king, and outdoor maybe just because. uh, Well, we have shitty springs. That's why. Yeah, yeah, like we, you know, we it's thirty-five degrees and raining all spring, but they're like we're gonna have the races outdoors. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I but I loved it because you could you could gear the training towards outdoors instead of having to be in shape, uh, you know, December all the way to June. Yeah, we. um, I was very spoiled because. I grew up right outside Boston. And so we, we didn't practice on indoor tracks, but every race I ran in high school was on either Reggie Lewis or BU. So like I had never seen a flat indoor track until I got to college, which was, I think the exact opposite of what, what most people experience. Yeah. Willie, did you race much indoors in high school? My experience. (laughs) I did. Yeah. Um, I actually raced where I went to college quite a bit, um, at Eastern Michigan university, which we had a not great 200 meter flat track, um, with very tight turns. So even though there were so many good 300 meter tracks in Ohio, like Tom said, they're in the Northeast pretty far away. And all the tracks by me were 200 flat. So, um, I would run at like Eastern and Finley university, which also had a 200 meter flat track. Um, and like, I think Oberlin college, which again had a 200 meter flat track. So yeah, a lot of indoor track races, um, but no fast times because they were awful tracks. So is Eastern Michigan close to Ohio? I, again, this is the limits of my own geography. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, so it's like a 45 to an hour drive from my house at home, like where I grew up, um, depending on traffic and stuff. So yeah, super, super close. So uh, yeah, that, that was going to be one of my, uh, you know, as given that Jacob went to Notre Dame and, and you went to a, a Michigan-based college, I was going to say, was, as a uh, football fan, where were your, where were your loyalties and, and did it become quite controversial once, uh, once you got to college? I mean, uh, Toledo, so Northwest Ohio Toledo is closer to Detroit than it is to Cincinnati or Cleveland. So like plenty of people around me were, uh, like Michigan pro sports fans anyway, cause it was the closest we could go to. Um, so I personally don't really watch that much football, um, or baseball or basketball or anything like that. It's cause track's but the best spectator I, sport, but yeah. Yeah, that's just my totally. <laughs> Watching a thirty-minute ten k is a blast. <laughs> uh, you but, say that I strongly believe it is, but that's a whole that's a fight for another day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so not too much changed for me. But I don't know about Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in like prime Buckeye territory, and I was so, gonna say the Ohio yeah, State so, loyalty over over Notre Dame. That's probably. <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. Um, I grew up in Buckeye territory, but I just like was really like annoyed by it more than everything. I was like, like half my friends were like huge Ohio State fans and like did not know a person that went there. And I, so that just kind of sat with me the wrong way. And so like, I don't know. I'm, I'm also not like a huge, huge football guy, but like when you get to Notre Dame, like 
football is like everything there. And so, um, I mean, I went to most of the games, like enjoyed tailgating and everything. Um, I did feel a little bit of like hometown pride because like Ohio state was really good at football when I was in school. Um, but yeah, never really like, um, if anything, I'm a bigger like Cincinnati Bearcats fan than uh, Buckeyes because that's where my dad and my brother went. Okay, that's a that's a, a, a I guess controversial for a controversy's sake uh, take to bring to the table. Or there there are many Bearcats fans when you were growing up. Uh, I don't know. I mean. No, not really. But like in Ohio, like in Columbus, like everybody is so like, they think that Ohio State is the greatest thing in the whole universe. So it's not even like, uh, it's like, they don't even feel threatened by it. Like maybe if I said I was <laughs> not like even a relevant. Michigan, yeah, if I said I was a Michigan fan, they'd be pissed, but nobody really cares. Um, it is interesting, like you do have pretty split, like, because we're halfway between Cleveland and Cincinnati. So you got pretty split between like Bengals and Browns fans. Yeah, I I do not follow football that closely, but that's like always been the idea of like a football school is so foreign to me. Like we 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 maybe had like at Cornell, it's like we maybe had more people at track mates than football games. Like no one gave a mm-hmm. shit about Cornell football, <laughs> and so and I'd see like my friends, that like especially like my friends would do fifth years at like big football schools, you know, it's like they'd send the Snapchats of like the 50,000 person stadium. And it's like, that's that's a very different uh, college experience. My, of course, not following football, my, my like sheltered upbringing take was that I went to college and didn't know that everyone hated the Patriots. Like, cause when I grew up, I was like, oh, everyone, everyone loves the Patriots. That's just a universally held opinion. Like, like everyone, you know, that's, they're just the best team and everyone loves that about them. And then of course I went uh, outside of New England and learned that lesson the hard way. Um, but we have of course gotten way distracted from the, the Ohio Milers uh, conversation. So I, I was going to say, so if you're, so you got the pretty solid, DMR now from from the district track club perspective and so I I guess the question is like if you're if you're throwing down with the other Ohio milers but their team's DMR like how do you like your odds in terms of uh where where you stack up so I guess that would be like so I guess for for Clayton Murphy it would be well I guess because he's not it's not on NOP anymore, so I don't know, or, or is it, or that doesn't exist anymore. So I guess I don't know if he, we might have to throw him out of the equation entirely. So for Colby, it would be like the New Jersey, New York boys. That would be an interesting DMR. I think it'd be fun. That would be, yeah. Willie, you got a, you got a 1600 in you, and then what, Jake, throw Jacob on the 12? Yeah, I'd probably be fighting Quamel for the 1200 spot. Actually, actually, Q, Edos, and I all did run a 1,200-meter time trial uh, this summer, and we finished within – I think Edos won, but we all finished within, like, a stride of each other. You guys might have the, uh, have the advantage on the 400. You might, you might be able to put a, put a couple seconds on some of those other more distance-oriented groups. With the, with yeah, the I mean, CJ can probably give us a 45-second split, so – 
All right, Coach Tommy, or listening. Alex. This is this is going to be the next uh, the next invitational that we're putting together is a a pro Ohio uh, DMR. <laughs> hey, more relays in track. Uh, I'd I'd love it. So uh, whatever we can do to get some some more of that, I'm, I'm all for. Yeah, that now I really want to see that. I guess the so I wonder. I wonder. I guess the question would be like, what would be 2021 looking forward who what uh i guess limiting limiting our knowledge to the distance and mid-distance events do you think ohio could be the state that sends the most track and field olympians uh next year i, I guess it probably depend on uh if we're going all events I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not an expert in that type of stuff um if we're speaking mid-distance uh I mean, obviously you got Drew Wendell, who's uh, made a world team. Kidder who's made a world team. Murphy who has a medal. You know, Colby's run 334. Uh, you know, Willie's one of the best distance runners uh, in the U.S. right now. Prickles run 350. So I would say, uh, yeah, I like our odds. We got two girls in our team that uh, uh, Claudia Saunders has represented. Uh, she's, she's actually from Cincinnati. Um, she represented France at the European Championships. Um, and then we have Julia Risk, who's an NCAA champion. She's from she's from Columbus as well. Um, so I, I'd say I like I, I like Ohio's odds. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a, you guys got to have a good shot. So no pressure or anything, but uh, Ohio's <laughs> gotta gotta represent. Um, I was I was trying to look up different ways that I could assert Massachusetts's uh, dominance over Ohio, and I will say, aside from. Uh, major sports team titles. Uh, it is surprisingly, surprisingly hard. You guys have more presidents than us. Um, so <laughs> a lot of astronauts as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you guys. So you're in a weird, um, you're in a weird zone in terms of regional beers. So what is what's like the Ohio, like the Ohio towny cheap beer? Like what is what is what brand do you guys work? rocking in your your area uh i mean gonna have that answer (laughs) yeah his answer would probably be the most ohio Um, my answer my area was pbr i was gonna say pbr i feel like pbr because like i think yingling like one of my roommates in college is from chardon and he was a big yingling guy but i was thinking of that as more of like a pennsylvania yeah yingling super pittsburgh um I don't know. In college, in college, people would drink like Addy Light, and yeah, I don't know. I can't can't give you a can't give you a, a satisfying. <laughs> that's that's more nationwide. Answer. <laughs> is there is there a uh, is there a craft beer out of Ohio that you you're loyal to? Um, I do like Great Lakes Brewing Company. I actually don't even know if they're in Ohio. Actually, there is a there is a Columbus brewery that I really like. It's called Seventh Sun. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, I'm I'm blanking now, but uh, I know there's a brewery in Ohio that makes like maybe it's Rheingeist Brewing. Um, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yes, I have had that beer because my boyfriend is from Kentucky, and so that it trickles down there. Uh, so I've I've had some Ryan guys. It's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. All right. Let's point that. That that answers some of the some of the stereotypical questions, I guess. <laughs> Um, I guess before we uh, before we wrap it on up, I guess the the real if we're um, we're going for you know really busting down the the Ohio uh, you know gassing up Ohio pride, but but then breaking down you know people hating on Ohio. What's something about Ohio? I guess we can go around the horn that's uh, way better than people think. And what's something about Ohio that's exactly what people think i guess is how i, I, I would put it um will, will you want to get on the hot seat first sure um so something about ohio that's way better i would say the weather um so like you have four distinct seasons most years at least um you get your snow and then you get also 100 degree weather so like yeah, you get you get the best of both worlds. Well, something for everyone. Yeah, um, and then things that are exactly what you would expect. Um, everything is cornfields and flat. Uh, so, like that stereotype <laughs> is very true. Hard to do hill workouts in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and my screen, Jacob's next. <laughs> all right. So, what's way better? I think that. I don't know like people just like if you're if you're from Ohio like people just like love to live there I don't know like I think that like like my plan is totally to move back there as soon as my running career is over like people just like I don't know like this is kind of better but also exactly what people think like people are just nice like people on the east coast just aren't very nice and people in Ohio are um if you've ever been in a car with me, uh, you can attest to that fact. Because <laughs> I definitely confirmed the Boston driver stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then something that, like, is exactly what you'd expect. So, like, I went and visited my family last weekend. And what, what did we do? We sat in the backyard. We had a bonfire. We sat in, like, lawn chairs. And that was, like, that was, like, entertainment for the week. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Pretty Midwestern, uh, if you ask me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right tom what do you got uh going from columbus to dc um i'd say that the the best part of ohio uh is the rent uh and how, <laughs> that's a good one how, yeah how how little traffic there is uh it takes it takes 15 minutes to get everywhere in columbus so uh it's uh yeah miss missed that for sure and then uh the bad part is uh ohio state fans are uh, not as bad as you think they were. They're, they're that you think they are. They're worse. Uh, they're, <laughs> yeah. Um, everything, yeah Jacob, everything Jacob said and more. As a, as a well-traveled uh, man over here, what what is your uh, sports team loyalties? Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I, I, for some weird reason, I like the Bengals. Um, and then uh, growing up, my favorite athlete was Allen Iverson. Um, I haven't found a basketball team since then, since the the early two thousand sixers, but. Um, but yeah, the Bengals are the only team I really follow. Um, other than that, I just uh, I like watching sports in general. Um, I, I, I honestly will say my least favorite team uh, or, or my favorite team is whoever Ohio State's playing because being there for seven years, uh, kind of like Jacob said, I, I got super annoyed. Of you get, you get a bit fans. of schadenfreude from uh, watching Ohio State lose. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so somehow Alabama ends up being my, my team I cheer for every year to just uh, kick the crap out of them. <laughs> That's fair. All out, all out. 
All right. Well, so we wrap up every episode uh, by asking our guests the, the same three questions. Um, the first one is uh, your Instagram crush. Um, and and uh, I know several, several gentlemen on the uh, Zoom right now are all wifed up. So I should clarify, Instagram crush is like, whatever you're feeling on the internet right now. Like it could be like a funny meme or like a dog account or whatever. Like what's something that you discovered on the internet recently that you're very into that you need the people to know about? Um, we'll, we'll keep it going in the same order. So Willie, you're, on, you're up. Uh, well, so there's this one guy I follow wears super good clothes, super great gear. Uh, you might've heard of him. It's uh, his handle is dummy runs. Um, oh yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> I, I hear he's overrated. I don't know. That's what the people are saying. Nah, it's good stuff. Good gear for sure. <laughs> um, but no, seriously. Uh, uh, there's a. That's a. That's. A, are you guys? I meant to ask you guys about that. Are you all? Pitch me the the Under Armour racing shoes because I actually don't know anything about uh, what what Under Armour. So can you guys up with these days? Okay, so here's here's my here's my pitch that will that will sell you without anything else you buy a pair of under armor shoes you hook them up to the map my run app you put your I phone do love down the map my run and map app. i was a late strava bloomer so i'm, I'm a loyalist to... yeah so you you put your phone down you put your watch down you go out for your run you come back and your shoes when you open the app back up will tell you how far you ran they'll tell you your cadence they'll tell you your mile splits they'll tell you your foot strike angle they'll tell you way more stuff than you ever need to know did they really that's creepy i don't know if i like that <laughs> that's <was> very impressive <laughs> so you don't you don't need a gps watch anymore you just need your shoes wow i don't even I know, did not know I, that. I own a, a timex iron man 34 dollars on amazon that is a good pitch because that is that talk about shoe technology. That's leaps and bounds above anything else I've heard of. I think, I think the biggest thing we say with Under Armour is uh, so. So when we started the group in 2016, Under Armour was uh, who I wanted to work with. But at the time, their shoes were uh, and they'll admit it so bad. Uh, so so we wanted to figure out how we could work with them. Um, partly was they didn't want to work with us yet. But the other part was that their shoes were um you know not what pro athletes uh it, it wasn't kind of uh you know ready for them at that point but uh right around 2018 um i don't know what they did but uh it, it was zero to 60 it was it was you know the spikes are on par with any other brand um a lot of our athletes um you know i'd say of our 15 athletes uh everyone has found a shoe that they um that they like and um not even things that they'll just kind of like tolerate actually things that they um you know are really enjoying running in um you know the flats are are great we've had guys that are you know have run 22 second 200s in them so so they're um you know as fast as you need them to be um but yeah it's uh it's it's pretty crazy how quickly they uh figured out the you know running shoes flats and, and spikes that's good. That's you love to see it. You know, and anytime more people are getting into the, the running game, that's uh, that's a win for everybody. Uh, yeah, but that does <laughs> like, like Tom was saying in 2018, they went from having like one maybe viable running shoe to a whole line of like five or six, and like probably like three or four that we like legitimately like like a lot, and a lot of us will like run in and be very happy in. It's good to hear that they're they're hitting the top of the field now. 
Um, but that doesn't let you guys off the hook. So just, so Jacob, what's your Instagram crush? What are you feeling on the ground? You don't have to say Willie because just because you said you, that's, that's uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't even know what it's called. I feel like I've just kind of stumbled onto some running meme accounts and like Australian guys have the funniest like running memes is just my only take there. Do you understand <laughs> them or are they like way too Australian niche to um some of them go over my head. I had a British I had a British uh roommate one year of college and I feel like that made me like more worldly and understand like non-US runners a little bit better. Uh, oh, this is this has come up on the uh on the podcast before. This is a weird specific thing, but did your British roommate, did he wear underwear under his shorts? Mm, I don't remember. This is the weirdest thing. I don't know. Oh, oh, we had a we had an Irish, my buddy Jake, who's an Irish runner who ran for Iona, um, just came up in the podcast. But ask around to your friends. This is the weirdest thing that I've discovered uh, in, you know, whatever, 45 episodes of the podcast. For whatever reason, international athletes wear underwear like at a much much higher rate than american athletes and i don't know why i've never like learned a satisfactory explanation for this it's like one of the biggest mysteries but like i would say among male distance runners like you know 75 percent of like international athletes will wear underwear under short shorts and like you know 75 percent of american athletes will I don't know why. If you guys can figure out the answer, we're still trying to figure it out, but it's just a very weird fun fact about uh, the American versus uh, international running world. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that gave that, that tangent gave you enough time. So Tom, what's your, what's your Instagram crush? What are you feeling on the gram right now? Um, well, I can probably get out of this question because I don't have an Instagram. I don't, I don't know if I ever will. Or what are you but, feeling uh, on the internet? I was going to say mine was uh, going to be just TikTok in general. Cause I, I'm a recent TikTok watcher, not maker. I can't bring myself to make them, but yeah. Uh, so my 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 Instagram or my internet crush is not up yet. So uh, it's actually uh, in about a month or so. Jacob is uh, uh, so Jacob is a computer engineer. I don't know if I'm saying the right thing, Jacob, but he is a uh, uh, yeah. He's he's uh, creating our our new uh, district track club website. Um, so oh, that'll nice. be launched in about a month. Um, we'll have a lot of, uh, cool content on there. A lot of, uh, exercise videos from our, from our team, workout videos, um, a lot of tips and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm uh, really looking forward to. Thanks. I will say, um, this is a, again, a very niche audience that probably benefits from this, but I, I commentated a couple races for Sidious over the summer and, a well-maintained uh, track club website that has up-to-date like personal bests and fun <laughs> facts and stuff is very helpful if you're trying to do research on a field of like 10 people running a 5k. So uh, I will appreciate that uh, as a, as a uh, fan and observer as well. Um, our next question is uh, your go-to karaoke song. So somebody hands you the mic, it's your time to shine. You gotta, you gotta wow the crowd. What are you saying? Well, you're up. Uh, gotta go with like a Blink-182 song. Uh, what's one that everybody knows? Like, what's my age again? Yeah. Um, just something that, well, A, I like Blink-182 and B, like everyone knows that song. So there's a good chance other people will sing along. 
Um, and that's that's the pro tip is if you're a bad singer, you want one that everyone will sing along to, so it drowns out your voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jacob, what do you got? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with the Pina Colada song. Nice. That's a good one. That song, uh, if anyone has not listened to the lyrics of it, is about people uh, cheating on each other. Uh, With each other. <laughs> yeah, accidentally. They were trying to cheat on each other and then they uh, ended up, uh, it's, it's romantic question mark, but a very oh, strange content for a song, but it's a great one. So Tom, what do you got? And you got better luck making me uh, get an Instagram account than making me uh, sing in public. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go Russian roulette. Just whatever you throw me at, I'll take. Whatever it. we throw you at, we'll throw at you. Yep. Yep. That's that's <laughs> dangerous. I feel like so. So Tom singing WAP. I hope you know all the words. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You got to memorize. That's good. That'll be speaking of you know that'll be somebody's Instagram crush for next week is the video of you uh, doing you surprise go. Russian roulette karaoke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And last but not least, uh, the last question is your death row meal. So you're you're going to the grave. Uh, you know, this is your last day on earth and you can eat anything you want, um, no matter how unrealistic or, you know, it can be like your mom's apple pie. Like it doesn't have to be uh, easily accessible from a, from death row. What are you eating for your last meal? I'll go with like, um, just like curry. Uh, you know, whatever, uh, that would be in it. Um, but yeah, just something simple. I don't know. I like curry. Are you <laughs> and like then, a big spicy guy? Like the spicier, the better? Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, make me like sweat, but, uh, <laughs> also the, um, I'll go apple pie with vanilla ice cream for dessert. Cause that's one of my favorites. Well, that's a, that's an autumn classic for sure. Yeah. Just give me like, it's like a delicious cheeseburger. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good, good one. Yeah, I, I, I've answered this question many times and that's kind of always my go-to is like just a greasy cheeseburger is, is usually uh can't go wrong there. It's simple pleasure. Tom? Uh, let's go Chicago pizza, not deep dish pizza like you would think, but uh, Chicago thin crust pizza, uh, probably my move. Okay. Is Chicago thin crust pizza something that is that different from other thin crust uh, pizza? Yeah, it's Ohio's kind of the same thing. It's square cut. Uh, okay. I don't know why that makes a difference, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not. You can't get anything like it on the East Coast. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like yeah. people usually say like like call that like Sicilian style. It's like Sicilian the, the square or pizza. like uh, not not like the bigger thin uh, the, the bigger like. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what's different about it, but I, I can't find pizza like that uh, out here. Okay, good to know. All right, well, thanks guys for coming on, uh, spending a little of your Saturday evening with us talking, uh, gassing up Ohio and telling everyone about how it's uh, the best state in the union. Um, good luck with, uh, are, you, are you guys doing anything soon that you can tell us about or, or should we just stick our, keep following you on the gram so we can know what's up next? Yeah, not really anything planned for me. Um, there's not really anything going on that, that yeah. I <laughs> in the world, or you know, yeah. um, that's uh, that's that's the weird reality that we're in right now. But uh, Jacob, you got anything on the radar? Just just grinding. 
Uh, yeah, nothing really for me. Um, Check out the website. Be, yeah, I am. I'm working hard on this website. So I was gonna say, did, did Tom put you nice. on the spot deadline wise? Is he? Are you way behind? And he is like, uh, no, I I knew I knew that was what we were shooting for. We've we've got some deadlines. We've got a little bit of like a, I don't know, like a little rebrand, relaunch sort of thing coming up. So, um, nice. I knew it was coming. All right. Well, at the very least, folks can uh, folks can check that out, uh, even if there aren't any races on the on the radar anytime soon. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again, guys, for for spending some time with us. Uh, we will uh, hopefully see you soon in in one virtual or in person way or something. But uh, thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us. If you like pina